Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement, or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation. And let them know Football in Berkshire sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast with me, Rob Davis, uh, Tom Canning. Hello. And welcoming back after a COVID-enforced absence, uh, Abby Tyshurst. Abby, how are you feeling? Hello. Um, I'm all right, actually. I'm a bit tired, I'll be honest. Um, the the fatigue is continuing, but yeah, other than that, I'm good. I'm glad to be back out in the world. Good, good. Well, we've very much missed you and we're looking forward to a bit of a... Uh, in insight into the women's game, Tom and I tried to cover it, but uh, I think definitely lacked the depth of your knowledge um, over the last couple of weeks. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I have. Uh, you just reminded me, Rob. I oh. have um, what I think is a very funny uh, thing that Abby wrote in a story that I edited. Um, oh no! <laughs> I, and I, it, may, it still makes me laugh now, but. Um, I'm aware we have something quite serious to talk about, so I figure uh, let's shift that to afterwards. Yeah. For I think we'll all need to um, oh, yeah, just, smile yeah, after. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, interlude there. There's been one very sort of tragic story over the last uh, couple of weeks. Tom, do you want to sort of talk us through and, I guess, talk about it? Yeah, so bear in mind we're recording this on Friday and with a bit of luck, this will be turned around immediately and go straight out. Um, it will effectively have been a week since the wider public and us as well, I must admit, um, learned of the news of the tragic passing of Christian Rowe. Um, Christian was a defender who played for Slough Town and was on loan at Binfield. Um, he, as we understand it, uh, was tragically killed following uh, an an incident after um, following his departure from the game, the Binfield game with Long Crendon. Um, we don't know much more about that and we are absolutely not going to go uh, into any of that because purely and simply we don't know. Um, it's safe to say our thoughts are very much with Christian's parents, uh, Abby and Robin nodding, um, with Christian's parents, friends, family, teammates, anyone who knew him um the outpouring uh of of respect uh solidarity uh from from berkshire clubs from the wider area clubs he played for haven't waterlooville um i'm i am i i i i am going to pronounce this terribly but i think it's Al, alresford alsford um, where i believe oh thank you and um, where i believe he was uh on loan at one point as well um has been has been really great we've had football league clubs it, you know this story has been covered by the the national media as well as the local media um Bracknell boss bobby wilkinson rang me he said i don't really know where to put this or what to say but i just want to 
tell someone and I've put that in a piece. There were statements released by Slough and Binfield. All of those are on all of the various websites. Um, I'm not, you know, if you if you want to find out, if you want to leave a leave a leave a uh, tribute, um, chuck it into Google. You'll you'll find plenty of places to do that. It's just a really sad, sad um, thing that has happened across our our community, our football community, and um, it's really come home about how how important it is that that we just you know look after, keep an eye on our families, look after them, and. Uh, you know look after your teammates just it's you know I don't want to it's not a I suppose it is a cliche but this whole be kind thing um we've all just got to take a step back at times because sooner you know it, it's all it can all be gone in an instant and it just brings everything home I think I'm I, I'm on the verge of uh just talking and talking and I think I'm just going to leave it there um I hope that somehow I know I know I'm aware that Christian's parents were at the Slough game on Tuesday when they held an impeccable minute silence. Um, I believe there may be uh, they may be attending Binfield's game at the weekend as well. Um, just my heart goes out to them as a, as a dad myself. Um, can't imagine quite how that all rolls out really. Um, and I think you know. Anything that we can do, I suppose, as, as a as a as a community, as a voice for the community. I'm going to say voice for them. I don't think that's overstating it too much. If there's anything we can do, um, I don't. If Christians, friends, family, parents, whatever, are listening to, they may listen to this. But if there's anything that we can do, as a sounding board, if uh, launching a crowdfunder or, or a charitable something, um, let us know. We, you know, we'll do it. Um, no matter uh, and I think as I say I've said almost that several times I'll leave it there I will leave it there but just finally to say um, as I say our thoughts prayers everything are with Christian's parents friends family teammates yeah incredibly sad story and unfortunate really not a nice way to start the pod but obviously something that needed to be addressed yeah. Yes, and, and just to say as, as well, anybody wondering why we didn't address it on last week's podcast, we recorded last week's podcast on the Wednesday, um, so it was well before, unfortunately it was well before we knew what had happened. Anyway, anyway, Rob, Rob. So, like I say, very sad story, and uh, yeah, anyone who wants to uh, see more about it or pay tribute, there's plenty of uh, places to do so online, as uh, Tom alluded to. Um, okay, so moving on to something that's uh, slightly more uh, uh, happy news, I guess. Uh, Abby, back in the pod, back in the wheel. Hold on, hold on, because we've got Abby's moment. Oh, you're going straight <laughs> yeah. into Abby's oh, moment. Oh, people need people need to know. People need to know. And, uh, okay, you know, I, I've just. Been I don't very, know what this is. I've just uh, been very sincere. What is this in reference to? Um, last Sunday. Last Sunday, I got. I asked Abby to write a quick "Who is Rhiannon Stewart?" piece. Uh, Rhiannon Stewart was the goalkeeper that replaced Grace Maloney in uh, the game against Birmingham City, and what a game that was! By the way, yes, absolutely. Um, recommend you just type in Reading FC women and go and read loads of stuff about that game into Google because what what a game! And go and watch the goal, Emma Harry's goal, superb. Anyway, in this piece that Abby wrote. 
which was you know which which was great it, it did exactly what it needed to do like for, for people wonder anybody who's going oh who's this type they type into google uh, oh who is rhiannon stewart and hopefully the fib piece pops up there and goes there this is who she is she's done this this and this anyway i think it was in the second or third paragraph it said this isn't going to take this isn't going to take very long stewart made her debut for the royals in a fire of baptism the fire of baptism yeah what is it uh, meant to be? Is that not it's a, bat- it's a baptism of fire? Oh, yeah. well, you know, I'm blaming COVID right? on this one. I don't have a brain. <laughs> I didn't have a brain when I was watching that game. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think this is slightly a cell phone, considering you're the editor as well. So, uh, you know, the oh, two I changed it. Just... I changed. Oh, oh good. Okay. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart made her debut for the Royals in a fire of baptism as she was number one pick when the Royals played host to Arsenal in September 2021. You know what? I'm just I'm gonna give up being on this pod. You just give me grief all the time. I've had two weeks oh. off. There's, I enjoyed that two those two quiet weeks off. <laughs> you listen to the pod and hear that uh, Tom didn't lay into either of the Neils at all. I think so, I did. Uh, yeah. I think did I you? did lay into Neil a little bit. Oh. Anyway, I just anyway. it was it made me laugh so much. I just You're welcome. I'm here all week and all year and all month and everything else. So <laughs> I, a fire of baptism. I just my the imagery of that was was quite something. It was very got very religious. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you were away, Abby, obviously there was quite a lot of football, and we haven't done uh, nearly enough justice to the women's game over the last couple of weeks with, in your absence. So, it, like pick, going back <coughs> over the sort of Christmas period, uh, what highlights or from the festive period onward, what highlights would you necessarily uh, pick out for uh, the women's game in Berkshire? Um, okay, I'm just going to pick out some kind of important points. Yeah, headlines, I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, I So talking of ridiculous goals, Emma Harry scored that outrageous volley against Birmingham last weekend. And as Absolutely. Tom said, you should go and watch it. Yeah, and check actually, it out. It's becoming, it's like fast becoming a tradition of mine and Tom's that we, on a Monday, <laughs> watch one of the Reading goals together because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I'm probably half the, the views on that goal. Um, but she's not the only one who scores outrageous goals in Berkshire. Um, so Ascot United played Winchester City Flies, I think they're called, um, two weekends ago, I think it was. And that is another goal you should go and watch. The one scored by Laura Sparks. She scored a delicious free kick. And I shared it on my own account and also on the Women's Football in Berkshire. It's just a very satisfying video in general, really, because it kind of starts, it's very quite kind of silent. And then I don't know who it is in the background. I couldn't figure it out. But somebody goes, um, have a go, Law. And then she just sinks it so beautifully. And yeah, it's just a delightful goal to go watch. So yeah, absolutely go and watch that Laura Spark goal from Ascot. I even messaged Daryl Evans, their manager, to be like, I'm taking all the glory for all of the views you've got on this ridiculous goal because I shared it myself. So yeah, that is a goal to go and watch as well. Um, And then in terms of Thames Valley, uh, Caversham and Wargrave are just playing a little kind of cat and mouse game this this season with each other. They're both fifth and sixth. I think it's Caversham, then Wargrave, but they keep switching positions. So, yeah, that's an exciting, exciting little kind of match up there in uh, in Division One. Uh, Division Two's got home to Slough and they're just, yeah, they're having just a very comfortable season, actually, um, considering they were only promoted this season to there. They're, They're sitting in fourth right now, I think it is. So yeah, they're they're doing exceptionally well considering it's a new division for them. So yeah, like Slough are having a great one. Um, 
And then Division 3 South, uh, S4K are sitting pretty at the top with a 14-point lead right now. I don't think anyone's going to catch them, to be honest, um, unless something goes terribly wrong. But yeah, um, 13 wins in 14 games, I think it is. So yeah, they're doing very nicely. Um, And equally, in Division 3 East, Ascot are also 12 games unbeaten. So they've played 12 unbeaten in 12. So, yeah, they're absolutely smashing. And I I can't even remember what that record is anymore. It's been a while. So, yeah, it's something stupid, I imagine. But um, Freya Johnson is their top goal scorer right now. And I think her and Abby Canvan are very close in terms of being top goal scorers. So, yes, doing very well indeed. Um, and then, yeah, our development division um, squads, they're all doing quite nicely. So I think it's top four is all occupied by Berkshire, t- Berkshire sides. I think Thatcher at the top of the top of the table there. So, yeah, just it's been a really successful season for lots of Berkshire sides, I think, actually. So, yeah, doing doing really well. Very, very good. You weren't what as I said, you weren't here for the last couple of weeks. We asked uh, everyone on the pod their sort of uh, hopes for 2020 in the uh, the Berkshire game. Is there any sort of hopes for women's football you have in, uh, sorry, in 2020, in 2022 um, that we could, uh, you know, you'd like to share with everyone? What what do you want to see in the women's game in Berkshire? In the women's game in Berkshire? Wow, that is a that is a question, Rob. <laughs> you have put me on the, on the spot More there. teams, promotions, you know, cup runs, obviously the all the uh, standard stuff, but is there any one thing that would particularly improve the game in, yeah, uh, in Berkshire? Yeah, you mentioned cup runs there. I think, um, I'm not sure there's been a Berkshire, so Barks and Bucks run quite a few cups and then also there's kind of, there's the Thames Valley Cups, obviously, and that's, that's kind of often dominated by other teams outside of, Berkshire so yeah some cut runs would be great some nice some silverware outside <laughs> of a, a division win would be good I think definitely and, and Caversham are actually doing all right in the well, what is it now I can't remember is it the trophy there's so many cups I've actually lost count of which <laughs> ones which there's lots of cup games this weekend as well so but yeah there's a few teams who are kind of in and around cup runs right now so that yeah definitely I think a hey, silverware yeah, a bit of silverware, definitely. Very, very good. And uh, uh, how are Reading doing in the transfer window? It slammed shut yesterday. Uh, any particular signings that you can uh, that you're aware of, or uh, anything we can look forward to from the Reading women's side over the next few months? Uh, they have had a very quiet transfer window, which I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> uh, so, well, not quite well before it, weren't they? Yeah. So they they. They, they signed, um, they kind of snuck Santa Trolls Guard in, in December. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I was kind of hoping, I was hoping we might see somebody because we're midfield's looking a little bit, uh, a bit quiet. And actually, I'd like to see Cash Harding push into the midfield again because she's, she's a defender. She's playing in a defensive position right now. So, but that's mainly due to a couple of injuries and also Emma Mitchell's still out because she's on maternity leave. So it's not that we don't have the positions there. It's just that we're a little bit quiet right now. But yeah, I was hoping we might have seen some sort of last minute midfield business last night, but no, it's been again, very quiet. So I don't, maybe it's a paperwork thing. They're just waiting for that to go through and then it'll be a, that, that always happens. There's always a bit of a rush in the last sort of 24, 48 hours of the window. And then the week after people pop up because actually oh they just were waiting for a signature somewhere so yeah. maybe that might happen I don't know we'll see because the bench looks great right now but it also looks very young I think Reading's average age of the bench right now is 17 it's all our academy kids which is obviously great because it's really important that we give opportunities to them but also a bit of experience is important 
But we're going well right now. And Sunday's game against Birmingham was a, a record game because it's four games unbeaten, which is exciting. I did, however, have a panic because every time... So shout out to Mitch, the uh, the admin of uh, the Reading account, the comms manager. Every time he kind of puts some big emphasis on something happening, it happens like penalties. And that just puts the fear in me. And then he there was a real big build up to the idea that it was going to be the fourth game unbeaten. So I was like, Oh my God, I was talking to Ben about it. Actually, Ben Waite, who we've had on the pod before, I was like, it's, it's going to get ruined. And then obviously three minutes in Birmingham scored and it, yeah, just filled me with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the usual uh, negativity that I sometimes spout on the football and <laughs> group chat, but no, we uh, came back and uh, yes, confirmed that fourth game unbeaten. So yeah. Fantastic stuff. Reading looking good going into 2022. Very good indeed. Well, there were also some uh, men's games over the last few weeks. Um, perhaps uh, we'll pick out a couple of highlights now. Maybe, uh, Tom, uh, Maidenhead United beating the league leaders once again. 1-0 home win over Halifax on Saturday. We mentioned uh, in the pod last week how they, uh, they'd beaten Chesterfield 3-2 and come back from, well, not come back. They were 2-0 up, pegged back and then scoring at the end. This time, 1-0 and from what I've read and uh, from people I've spoken to at the game, thoroughly deserved the victory. What's, uh, they've since lost away at Stockport, who are another high-flying side, so no shame in uh, a defeat up there. But I think good things happening at Maidenhead at the moment. It would seem so, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I, you've, you've got to be careful because uh, Maidenhead have had this almost pattern of, of losing a bunch of games, winning two and then mm-hmm. losing another bunch, and they've got they've only got Wrexham next, so yeah. um, which I think we did, we discussed a little bit last week. But I really I'm I'm really there for the the symmetry. Is it the symmetry or the narrative of um, obviously they beat Chesterfield, so Halifax went top. They um, beat Halifax, so Chesterfield went top, and then Stockport beat them, beat Maidenhead, so they went top. I'm 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 there for that. I, I think. Yeah. That, so you know, whoever beats Maidenhead goes top. It's like the 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 heavyweight championship of the world. Whoever yeah, they're like the gatekeepers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the kingmakers. That's what you call them. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm I'm there. I'm all there for that. So so crack yeah. on. Um, I think um, they've signed. They've got a striker in, haven't they? Um, yes. I know Neil was you you particularly were a little worried what that might mean for for other members of the squad, but uh, it would seem that. Uh, we're they're, they're okay at the moment um you, in in some ways in some respects you can't see maidenhead going down but if they go on another run like they've had a couple of times already this season um you've, you've got to worry there's the, the, the problem is, it's a it's a blessing and a curse i think there's at least there's, there's still 50 percent of the league campaign still to play so that that is that is a, obviously a good thing because they can easily get themselves out of, out of trouble, or it's a bad thing because, and and that's obviously that's just how league campaigns work. But I just don't know. I don't know. It depends on 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 what sort of. It feels like it depends on what sort of maidenhead side turns up. Mm. The uh, bottom three. There's, so there's three relegation places in the national league this year, and the bottom three are slightly detached at the moment. Yes, uh, maidenhead are one place above the relegation zone, but nine points clear of that relegation zone. So they've, uh, yeah, there's, they played 23 games of a um, 44 game season. So like you say, just over halfway so far, um, lots of points still to play for, but I mean, the encouraging thing about the last couple of wins is, uh, well, certainly the last win is how um, well-deserved it was. Mm. Um, 
certainly spoke uh remember when they beat Bromley around Christmas and that was uh uh the general consensus was they were the better side then as well um I'm not 100% sure about the um uh Chesterfield game it sounded like that one went back and forth and so you know Maidenhead certainly playing their part but the performances seem to be improving the defense seems to be improving even though they have you know they suffered defeat in midweek to a good side mm. but, uh, it looks like um there are a couple of things that would suggest this isn't necessarily just a flash in the pan and hopefully Maidenhead can start um putting some results together and you know climbing up the table to uh, um you know relative it, safety it certainly would appear they've got some players coming back from injury Absolutely. um so yeah we we shall see yeah good well uh another side that goes marching on of course uh, is bracknell and uh, <laughs> another victory for them this week uh this time uh at home to Thatcham, 2-0. I mean, uh, Bobby Wilkinson himself described it as uh, not pretty. But, uh, you know, they get the job done. I think that's 14 wins on the bounce they've had now. And they're just, there's only, like I said in a previous pod, they've only dropped points in two league games so far mm. this season. Really looking formidable. And they've also had the extra good news this week that um, the game they had that was abandoned with Chertsey when they were 3-0 up with uh, 10 minutes to go, that has been awarded to Bracknell. So a uh, further three points Yes. Uh, for them and for especially uh, useful as Chertsey are currently sitting in second. So it pulls them 17 points clear of Chertsey, although there are a few teams below them with games in hand. Formidable. Anything, uh, you, can anyone peg them back? Can you see anything getting uh, preventing Bracknell from I, getting promoted? I think if they win against Marlow and they win against Chertsey, I think that's it. Obviously, mathematically, it's not. But if if they win both of those games, um, Marlow arguably is the hardest game they will play between now and the end of the season, I would think. Um, and obviously, Chertsey are in second. If they win both of those, I did just, you know, but if I spoke to Bob and I said this to Bobby, he'd tell me I was talking nonsense. And I, maybe I am, but um, it, it's done and dusted if they win both of those. It's probably done and dusted if they win and draw one of that, both of those. Yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't admit that, but no, uh, I no. think I think you're I think you're. I mean, at what point do we uh, start saying we? <laughs> there's no chance of us jinxing this because uh, you know they're a long way ahead and just look just look so professional. You know, uh, they yeah. they've have added goals over Christmas. Okay, over the last few weeks they've gone back to maybe winning in a bit more. Um, uh, well, the performances ha- perhaps haven't been as great as they would like, but at the same time, they're still getting three points. So who's to complain about that? And, you know, I think well, there's the a, next I two think... games, like I say, Marlow and Chertsey, big games, get through that. Can anyone stop them? I think there's a there's a stat that a Twitter account put out this week that their two centre-backs have scored between them more goals than they've conceded this season. I think, well, that does sound about right. Dan Bayless has yeah. was right so up there with a lot six of goals. And e- week has got four, I think, and they've only I conceded think. eight. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so. incredible stat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, but uh, this weekend, very big game. But Bracknell travelled to Marlow, the only side to have beaten them in the um, mm. in the Ismian League this season. Um, two best defences in the division, although Marlow have had a little stumble this week. Uh, they, I think, they're still one of the more competitive and one of the more dangerous sides in that league. How do you see that one panning out? Why don't we go to you, Abby? How do you see that one panning out for the, uh, um, uh, for, for Bracknell this weekend? 
Um, I mean, this is is this rude? Like Bratton versus Marlow, it's like battle of the managers, isn't it? Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> so both very yeah, high profile, shall we say? Yeah, exactly. So I I think it's probably going to be a very exciting game, isn't it? So. Um, Will it be a goals galore, do you think? Or do you no, think like, I don't think so. No. Think like, so game no. like I say, both the best two defences in the division. Yeah, um, so I feel like it's going to be like a 1-0 late winner by someone, isn't it? But the reverse fixture was a 1-0 a win to Marlow. So really, a really tight game, but Bracknell have been squeezing out these tight games really uh, recently and uh, coming out on the right side of the results. So I don't know. <laughs> Personally, I'm going to the game. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, seeing it. I'll, be commentating on it in fact uh and we're very very hopeful that uh, uh bracknell get another three points i'll try not to be so biased in my commentary but uh um i, I you know i think this is like yeah the only team that uh, they haven't beaten this year so marlow obviously are going to be a tough uh, task for them but the way bracknell are going i just don't see anyone stopping them at the moment they're just too good for, well they're just uh, very professional and uh, good for that division. Nice. Very good. Any other games that caught your eye on uh, Saturday, Tom, um, before we round up the last uh, last week, uh, last uh, weekend's fixtures? Anything else that stands out that you it's, were hoping about? It's only fair that having hung Abby out to dry earlier, I now do it to myself, in that every time you come to me on this section, at no point have I actually looked at the fixtures for the weekend. Oh. That is how poorly prepared as someone who is supposed to know all about Berkshire football. You're the one who does yeah. the pictures list as well. I am, and so. you'll notice I haven't done it yet for yeah, the weekend. I've done mine though, so... Oh, well... Um, <laughs> Well, I was at a game, if you want to talk about I'd that. love I went, to talk about that game. I went Rob, a long really way would. to the uh, Enf- Enfield Borough versus Sandhurst. So Sandhurst are quite an interesting side. Obviously, they've got very strong links with Bracknell, who we've just been talking about. Uh, we saw, I see the play once already this season, and uh, they uh, they were very, um, very exciting in a uh, 5-3 victory over Reading in the Barks and Bucks uh, Cup. Um, they, this Half, at half time in this game, I thought I'd travel a long way for nothing as it was nil-nil. Having said that, uh, by the time full-time rolled around, I'd seen seven goals. So the second half was very, very different to the first. Uh, uh, the guy who got it all going was uh, Joshua Milo with a, a very um, a classy strike from outside the box coming in on the angle. Um, most people would have perhaps thought he was going to charge down the wing and cross it in, but he actually sort of stepped inside and curled the ball uh, right into the top corner. And from that, it was just like a, a unstoppable goals, basically. Jao Jardim got in on the act and uh, immediately um, immediately made it 2-0 within about uh, uh, 30 seconds of the restart. But um, Enfield Borough came back with a couple of goals of their own. And yeah, it was a really exciting game at the end. Some really... Um, uh, fast-paced, uh, committed play, and Sandhurst really looked like someone, uh, a team to watch at the moment. They were looking sort of on the cusp of the playoff places, maybe one of the teams that could make a bid for it, but they certainly have started this year looking like they will be one of the teams that uh, strongly make a bid for it. They followed this um, victory, 5-2 victory up by becoming the first team to defeat Wallingford in the league this season. They won 4-1 uh, over Wallingford at the weekend. And they're currently in fifth place, which is the final uh, playoff place. And they've sort of narrowed the gap uh, between themselves and that uh, top four. So, uh, yeah, Sandhurst looking very good. Um, and 
perhaps will be extending their season beyond the normal season by getting in those playoffs. And, you know, if that happens, who knows? So, uh, yeah, one to look out for there in Sandhurst. Tom looks like he's just... Uh, it was very entertained with my um, analysis of the game there. It, it was superb. I listened to every word. Yeah. Um, we have for, for listeners who won't, won't be aware we've got builders around my house at the moment as you have Rob um, they, they've popped in today my wife's just made them tea but they've already gone oh, right. <laughs> can't do anything about that no and just left is it yeah, that's it very good very good well um, we've uh, um, cast our eye over last weekend's fixtures but time to look ahead to this weekend's we've already mentioned about the uh, the uh, the big uh, game in the Isthmian South Central, uh, uh, Marlowe hosting Brecknell. Uh, Abby, are there any fixtures in particular that you uh, like to call out in the women's side of the game that uh, take your eye this uh, this Sunday, presumably? Uh, yes, as I alluded to, there was lots of cup games happening this weekend, including the return of the Vitality Women's FA Cup, fourth round proper. So our final team is entering into that, and it's now the time that the WSL teams enter. So it will be Reading, who are away to Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, and <clears throat> all going well, there should be a preview coming out this evening for people to read about it. Um Generally speaking, we Reading have quite a good sort of league history against Brighton, but a sort of heartbreaking record in the FA Cup. So I don't entirely know how this weekend's going to go. Um, I think we've won six, drawn one with Brighton in terms of league's fixtures, but um, Reading tends to um, either get knocked out in the in the like the the round of entry or they go on an all right run and then the heartbreak happens because they draw at 90 minutes and then get knocked out with an extra time goal so I mean that's happened in the last three FA Cups that they've entered so yeah I'm not entirely sure what the expectation for this weekend is I'm hoping that um Brighton are absolutely exhausted from playing Arsenal last night so it works in our favour but yeah we'll see how that one goes um so fingers crossed that uh, Reading make it through to the next round there and as I said yeah there should be a preview out later um, with all the details and stuff like that um, yeah I think pretty much everybody is in cup action this weekend actually across the entire pyramid for for women's um, fixtures uh, there's the Southern Region Women's League Cup so Ascot and Woodley are both in action there and then there's also the Thames Valley League Cup and the Thames Valley League Plate Cup <clears throat> which is the most complicated uh, name I've ever had to say. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure everybody is in action in some kind of way. There's lots of home and away games. Um, Mortimer at home to Stonefields, for example. Wargrave are hosting Ryslip. Um, there's a Slough versus Ascot uh, Division 1 uh, cup fixture there, so that'll be pretty tasty, I think, I imagine. Um, there's also uh, Taplow and Wargrave there at home as a, a Raysbury. Um S4K are going all the way to Milton's Keynes and actually I'm playing in that game. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that should be fun. <laughs> um, we'll see how that goes because that's my first 90 minutes in about two months and post-COVID. So wish me luck, yeah. basically, for that one. Um, the only side who are not in cup action, I think it is, is Maidenhead, who are away to Cheltenham. So that should be a good game as well because I think Cheltenham... Are... Maidenhead have kind of made their way up the table. So they're currently in fourth, I want to say, but they might be in fifth after their game against Cheltenham on Wednesday. But yeah, they're, yeah, so yeah. they're 
they're having a better season actually this half of the season. So um, yeah, that should be a good game for Maidenhead. But yeah, as I said, lots and lots of cup games. Very good. Lots of cup action. And uh, yeah, because Tom did so well on uh, the fixtures uh, from last weekend, I can only assume he was spending all his time looking at the fixtures for uh, this weekend. And uh, uh, having already pulled out the uh, Marlow-Bracknell game, I was just wondering if you could highlight maybe one or two others uh, that uh, look interesting uh, for people yes. to go to on Saturday. I can do that. I think that Hungerford Town at home to Dulwich Hamlet uh, hipster's favourite Dulwich hipster's favourite um, if nothing else it should be a good crowd yeah um, yeah I think that will be uh, that will be one to look out for if you're thinking of going somewhere Dulwich um, Hamlet are right up there as well they are they are, um, they are. on the cusp of the playoffs so, otherwise yeah. I would probably have my little eye my beady eye on uh, Reading City v Wembley um, I, I don't know of of the of the um, of the, of the combined counties league ties that are going on. That's the one I think that speaks to me the strongest. I would say. Yeah, Wembley are a decent side. I saw them a couple of weeks ago against Ascot, and uh, Ascot the second half looks uh, looked on top, but for the you know first thirty <clears> minutes. Um, Wembley were uh, very much the better side, and um, Ascot gradually grew into the game and and uh, had the better second half. But um, yeah, Wembley started that game above Ascot in the league, and Ascot leapfrogged them. So you know, a good side, Wembley. Uh, first time yeah. we're seeing them uh, certainly play our uh, Berkshire sides. Well, first time for a little while in league action, anyway. And uh, yeah, one to look out for for sure. Okay, uh, how do we have any other business, lady and gent? Yes, I um so I didn't bring this up before because uh, I'd forgotten about it and I've just remembered it. Um obviously on Wednesday night Binfield went to Guernsey. I don't want to talk about the score, even though it was three one to Binfield. What made me laugh a little bit or chuckle a little bit was um there was some video from uh, after the game and I just assumed in my head that the Binfield lads were staying over in Guernsey because it was a midweek game and they'd perhaps gone to some sort of Guernsey-based nightclub. <laughs> but on further on further looking and watching these these couple of videos, it actually looks like they're in the Guernsey clubhouse and there's some sort of <laughs> disco going on. And I, I need someone to confirm or deny this to me. But um, there, there is also... Uh, a tweet from a, a disgruntled Guernsey fan that, that called, I think they called the Binfield football terrorists. I have no idea what that means. Um, and that Chris Grace, I can't remember what they said, something really rude about Chris Grace. And there was a really excellent response uh, to that of a gif of Chris just gently nodding his head in this nightclub slash clubhouse after <laughs> the game. And I just, yeah, I, I um, lots of blaming the referee uh, which, as as you know, doesn't wash with me. Uh, you asked what that tweet means. It means they lost three one, and we're not happy about it. Yes, that's... <laughs> <laughs> they come that's... over here, yeah. play their football. They can... yeah. oh, I think the the quotes from the local from the Guernsey paper said they controlled the game. Yeah, what Guernsey well, did? Or... No, better Binfield controlled yeah. the game, and. and um, and obviously, that's not that's not allowed in football. Yeah, from <laughs> what um, from what I uh, have seen um, from Binfield and Guernsey, they seem like a, a quite uh, a sort of uh, friendly terms into, yes. uh, into like 
Guernsey seemed like pr- uh, pretty good hosts, to be fair. Mm. Just one uh, fan, shall we say, on uh, social media doesn't necessarily represent the experience that the uh, Binfield team had when they uh, jumped over there. So, what? yeah, no, Guernsey seemed like a, a good bunch, as yes. we said. You just want a free trip over there to go and... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guernsey if there's a free air, trip over there, Guernsey. I will absolutely be uh, there covering any team, you know. You'll take the Channel like Island shilling. Yes, yeah. I'll take any shilling, just to be clear. You know, I'm, uh, I'm very much up for sale. You want your club uh, represented on here or your business, go for gold and I will yeah, take that dollar. where's all the free stuff? We're award winners. Where's, where's the free stuff? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think the issue is we don't mention any products. Give me oh, some products to mention. I'll, uh, yeah. Who's your favourite brand of football boot, Abby? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you didn't mention enough shirts as well. You should be able yeah. to get at least one free. I'm running out of vitamin D3, if that's <laughs> of any use. I could use some more of those. Ooh, we are wild on this podcast. Wired. <laughs> yes. There is one other thing we do need to mention as well. Do we? Go on. Yeah, the Berkshire Throwing Competition. Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot about the Berkshire Long Throw Competition. Yes. So, uh, there's a cracking video online of a goal from midweek where Chris... there's loads. Well, there's the, <laughs> first, yeah. the most recent of yes. uh, 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 goals uh, goals from midweek that involve Chris Ellis and his exceptional throw on. Basically, uh, anyone who's played Ascot will know um, uh, what this is all about. Anything in the final third of the field is essentially uh, akin to a corner or a free kick uh, because uh, Chris has a, a very long throw that um, is very pacey low and accurate as well so uh it's uh very uh very hard to defend against but uh um, this one in particular ended up in a goal for harry laughlin uh, a long throw that um, uh, they often he, do yeah he he headed straight in and so this got us thinking why not have a berkshire uh longest throw in berkshire competition i mean there's a couple of uh, people who've already put their hands up and said, well, they reckon they could compete with Chris Ellis. So we are uh, planning to host an event where uh, uh, those contenders can uh, test themselves out and the winner, the longest throw in Berkshire, can be crowned. Uh, any uh, further updates, uh, Tom, other than uh, other than that? Or is it just wheels are in motion at the moment? Wheels are in motion. It will be at Ascot United. Um, home ground advantage for yes. uh, Chris Ellis <laughs> and uh, I think effectively but my idea at the moment is um, whilst we don't know if Chris has the longest throw in in Berkshire I think it's going to be a case of challenge Chris <laughs> challenge so Chris, Chris. Chris will have his go uh, and then anybody who wants to come and challenge him can do so and then at the end we will either crown Chris the winner or, or someone else someone else fantastic there was, there was also um i saw a further video uh chris went down to i think the under 13s oh, training the oh, you you do it you do it oh, no, i was just going to say that i had a very nice little interaction with him and ascot last night because he went down to the i think it's the under 13s boys training session last night and he essentially taught him their technique so i think there's a few kind of contenders for the future of Good. ascot um in their under 13 squads yeah no it was just really nice to see that it was a sort of a, a collection collective mm-hmm. of their senior squad player getting involved with their their youth players so yeah it was just a a very wholesome bit of content there very nice i'll have to go and check it out because i'd also like to um, learn how to have massive arms and shoulders <laughs> <laughs> pretty key to their uh, the throne technique <laughs> 
Good stuff. All right. Are we there, uh, uh, lady and gent? We are indeed. Okay. So that's uh, wraps us up for another episode of uh, the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, very much for listening. And all that's left to say is thank you to Tom Canning for joining us. That's all right. Thank you to Abby Tyshurst, and welcome back. Thanks and very much, indeed. I think. Thank you. Think well. You know. You know. You've missed us. And uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I've been Rob Davis, and have a lovely day. Ta-ra. <laughs> This episode of Berkshire Football Stories is hosted by Rob Davis and featured Abby Tyshurst and Tom Canning. It was cobbled together by me, Tom Canning. Our music is called Space Camp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own ukulele band Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Uh, it's really worth going and having a listen to that. Absolutely, definitely, please go and do that. Uh, they very kindly sorted the music out for us, so, you know... Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and at www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a Woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement or would just like to save some money in a tax efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation and let them know Football in Berkshire sent you.